Hello, friends. Judson here with a quick programming note. Pot at the Montecito is taking time off around the holidays, but we anticipate a return to regular service on January 13th, 2022. Boy, that sounds like a made-up date. At any rate, enjoy the show to the extent that that's possible. Welcome to Pod at the Montecito, the world's premier podcast discussing the hit NBC television show Las Vegas. I'm one of your hosts, Judson Clark. And I'm your other host, Eddie McCarthy. Judson, typically I, I start with asking how you are, but it's it's been a little bit of a day for your boy. Yeah, so, so uh, a little peek behind the scenes here. We we're recording this on Monday, November 29th. This will not drop till mid-December. This is our, our Christmas episode, so happy holidays on that front. Hey. Uh, it is the start of Hanukkah today, so there's that. We're fully ensconced in the, in the December holidays, almost December. Which is weird because it is still November, but hey, good on them. Yeah, it does feel very early to me, but what do I know? And, you know, one thing that I know and that you know and that enemy of the podcast, Brittany, knows is that... <laughs> Texas was having a very rough college football year. And so I was really enjoying the start of the silly season with the coaching carousel with Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, going to USC, literally waking up to signs of traitor hanging on the front gate at Oklahoma. Well, we don't know if there may be just very big Olivia Rodrigo fans at OU. It is possible. Uh, I think it is much more likely that they have never heard of that because they are in Norman, Oklahoma. Mm, you know, that's a good point. That's fair. With, withdrawn. Is that the server at the Mexican, at the Chevys? Like, that's <laughs> as close as they get. But then you caught a stray, my man. Yeah. I, you know, I, we don't talk about it a ton here, but I'd say that college football makes up about 90% of where my mental and emotional state are concerned with at any given time. It goes higher, but usually 90% is a good baseline. Take the over. And foolish me was all content, thought I was having a nice, fun, chaos-free year. And uh, much like Oklahoma, my Notre Dame fighting Irish just got coach-cucked by uh, LSU. That, so, so the pod may have some weird energy tonight. Yeah, you are being invited to sit in the corner and watch while Brian Kelly has sex with LSU. It is yeah, weird. Yeah, it's... I, so probably my favorite tweet that I've read about it so far is from a, a buddy of mine, Mike Tadow, great follow, but uh, just said, I can't wait to, I, I can't get the thought out of my head of Brian Kelly trying to say the word etouffee. <laughs> and that, that mental image has, has taken me a, a good long way. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah, we, we've gotten away from our rambles in the past. We got some feedback that, you know, most people were just skipping through it. So we're like, hey, you know, if we don't have anything important to say, we'll just get right into it. But we did think it was worth pointing out. Could be some weird vibes today. Especially given where this episode goes with, with some lying and some infidelity. You know, you may hear a, a bit of passion that you were not typically expecting. Might be coming from a different place. Hard to say. And it's worth noting that my notes were written before this, and I feel like I have a sense of journalistic integrity 
you know, I have to represent our listeners here. Of course, of course. So I am prepared to give you both barrels on Penny Posen. I as as well you should. It it may shock you that I may be coming from a less sympathetic place than I would have <laughs> a few scant hours ago. Yeah, I noticed in your background there's now a like Rachel Lee Cook uh like no, you know, well, assassin hey, 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 corner. No, no, no. the like Rachel, eyes are scraped out. How dare you? First off, there are people that would believe that because we're just two fucking weirdos on the internet. So that is let's true. Not, let's not put those vibes out into the internet. Not at all. And while I will take issue with the actions of one penny posing, Rachel Lee Cook remains a beautiful saint who can call me anytime. I I will let her know when Appreciate I talk that. to Josh. I'll have him pass that on. Yeah, because they're probably still friends. Yeah, it got to be. Unless unless he's like a method actor to the point where he's still pissed at her, mm, which I would respect. That would be impressive. I mean, an auteur of his stature, I'd believe it. Right. Well, my friend, are you emotionally prepared or at least as emotionally prepared as you're going to get? Uh, as It's as good as it is going to get. So let's go ahead and fire it away. It's season three, episode six, The Real McCoy. Why can't you see what you're doing to me? What you're doing to me? It's Greg, right? Yeah. Famously Danny's brother. Okay, we're supposed to say spoiler alert when we say shit like that. Sorry, sorry. I I told you weird vibes, man. I'm sorry. I'm off. Yeah, well, okay. That's the that's the episode. Uh (laughs) hope you all weren't waiting for any buildup. It was Greg. It was Greg the entire time. Yeah, weird choice to switch to a zombie show. Turns out they were just a couple years early on the craze, but eh, it's worth shot. They tried for this to be the tie-in to Walking Dead, and it just didn't work out. Speaking of People being back from the dead. It's Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. And he's swearing off Vegas. And my first thought was, how many times have your intrepid co-hosts said that exact phrase or very similar effect? We've we've had that conversation a few times. We we sometimes switch roles. You never know which one of us it's going to be. But we've had that conversation a couple of times. And it has sometimes been both of us at the same time. Yeah. Weirdly, much like for young Mr. Herman, hasn't took. Don't actually mean it. Coming from a place of of deep heartbreak in the moment and typically rage. Unlike us, which we just have to sit there and work through our feelings. Mr. Herman's going to get bought off with a pair of Rihanna tickets. That's a good payoff right there. Yeah, he acts like this is a huge lift, but relative to the shit that he's demanded of Sam in the past, I feel like this is a slam dunk. And especially, you know, we're coming at this where we are thinking of Rihanna now. This was like... Very early on the come up, Rihanna, going to replay, which we'll get later, is about the only thing she's had out. Not super megastar Rihanna yet. Right. She was still lowercase r Rihanna. Correct. Like it was it, it it was not that to me. I was like, OK, almost like I'm surprised you weren't already going. Honestly, pussycat dolls were probably a bigger deal than Rihanna at the time, if I'm remembering the timeline correctly. And if nothing else, they're in the same ballpark. Whereas today, obviously. Not in the same stratosphere. Well, no, no. We're at the Montecito. Stratosphere is a different (sighs) casino. I walked into that one. That's that's fair. That's fair. A a security contact at another casino has found Larry's long lost love named Liz. She's a local. Loves. Loose. Loose slots. slots. I got you. And Bobby. Bobby. Bobby's still hanging around the casino, much to Sam's chagrin. And like you at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, it's only about to get worse because Bobby and Monica are fucking. And Sam's like, hey, Bobby, I thought you left. He's like, I was gonna, but I met this girl. 
Sam's like, oh, this should be good. When lo and behold, Monica's going to come up and they're just going to start making out like they look ready to bang on the bar of the Bellicera or whatever the fake new name is that I'm never going to remember. I thought for sure that if this show were on Cinemax, there'd be an over the close hand job happening at that <laughs> moment. Like they're they actually, were about each other. The, there actually was, but we have the uncut and uncensored versions, but we don't have the triple X rated version where they yeah. actually show that. They did in this pan up just enough to where you couldn't see it. If uh, if we change the aspect ratio of our of our DVDs, so you go into portrait mode, you definitely see it. There you go. Yeah, Sam, none too pleased. Understandably, it's not not great news for her. No, it's not ideal. And her sad and shocked face will take us straight to the intro. And the next morning, she and Delinda are running late to what appears to be an all hands meeting that has been in progress for a while now. But on the way there, Sam is nauseated by the fact that her brother is fucking Monica to the point that she talks about how many times she showered and we get an, an ECU of her using hand sanitizer. And I don't know if this is just post Pando, but I was like, this means something like why is <laughs> why are we zoomed in so close like she's a fucking hand model working this hand sanitizer in every little crevice of her hands. I uh, I just thought it was funny that you brought up that Sam and Delinda were showing up late to this meeting. Both Sam and Delinda strike me as the type that have not made a single meeting on time at their time at the Montecito. See, I was thinking Delinda was going to be the kind of person that was not on time, but was going to be very enthusiastic when she got there, like the city council meeting. Mm. Especially when it's happening in her bar. There is that. For her to just like breeze in and walk right to the middle of the room. Is like, hey, what's up? You? Oh, we uh, we already got started, huh? All right, it's cool. Keep on. Well, like you said, it is her bar. I'd be thinking like the, the party don't start till I walk in. <laughs> uh, hey, y'all. Why are y'all already talking? I just got here. <laughs> now you may begin. They have a bigger problem, though, and that is that Olivia is a fucking nerd. Douche. Hey. She is just the worst. And she's up there spouting stats about how it's not just a gambling town anymore and this and that. And Mike is just in full rapture. I'm like, Mike, buddy. Mike, Mike's on. hot for the teacher. Mike's hot for the teacher. Like that, that rolls with Mike. The, the disciplinarian side can get him a little, little horny on me. And I can see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I for sure thought we were heading towards a sea story of him trying to get Douchey with Touche. 1000%. But yeah, Olivia drops the bomb that, hey, we're making changes. Monica's right here. And Monica goes, yup, whatever she says, it goes. She's going through everybody's business. If she makes change, that's what it is. Get on board or get the fuck out. Thought it was pretty conspicuous that she's handing out this carte blanche to Olivia in the absence of one big ed decline. It does seem fitting, doesn't it? It's like, uh, uh. Ugh. surely surely that won't become a problem also not at the meeting is danny who gets chased down by penny on the casino floor with news of three offers on his dad's home we don't know how much they are we know one's in all cash and the other one oh hang on as if to suggest that the two subplots are deeply intertwined danny interrupts her with news that he's found the mystery woman i'm just saying they skipped a couple steps okay that's all i'm saying we should not have gotten to this episode from, oh, weird, I found a couple pictures. Like, there needed to be... No steps were skipped. 
She comes out of the woodwork and gets seen once there's offers in hand. It was calculated. You're calculated to piss me off with your dumb podcast jokes. All of that is correct. (laughs) The last five minutes, at least, have been completely devoid of lies. 100% facts right now. But yeah, Danny's all, oh, I don't know if I should go meet her. Um, Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. She's like, I mean, you said you want closure. Maybe this is your opportunity to get it. Kind of just lightly nudging toward one. This is how my scheme goes. I will need you to make overtures. Yeah. 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 Back at Mystique, Olivia comes up to thank Delinda for letting her use the venue and says, hey, while you're here, I got a few suggestions just for you. Real light, real easy. Delinda's like, all right. Starts out with, why don't you switch that toilet paper to one ply? You fucking animal. Disgusting. I mean, does Olivia like bursting through her toilet paper and fingering her own asshole? Is that the only explanation? For why she would advocate this. Does anyone not like that? This episode brought to you by Charmin. (laughs) Where the bears get real creepy when you need to take a poop. (laughs) It's weird that that's the copy they sent us. When you don't pay very well, we don't necessarily read the copy. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Second suggestion. Oh, douche. Ah, that was good. Actually, I'm not even mad at that one. Number two. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Only pour the premium liquors if specifically requested. You know what? That's not unreasonable for a bar. I also okay. wouldn't think that's a problem for a bar, but. Here's my note for fucking JJ from Sports Night here with her terrible notes. Always pour the premium booze, but then charge them for it. Well, yeah, of course. You're a fucking nightclub in Vegas. What are you doing with fucking rail vodka to begin with? Unless you, I mean, fuck, pour the rail and charge them premium. I mean, Olivia's focusing on the wrong piece of the equation here yeah everyone's assuming a 30 dollar cocktail so you're good right come on girl and the last one wants to change up the uniforms you know if you just switch to a nice poly cotton blend we can save like tens of thousands of dollars on dry cleaning arguably the most credible of her suggestions by the way uh, there's no way, that, way there's no way the toilet paper is saving that kind of money oh of course no there there is if if you were looking at pure numbers on a spreadsheet that's probably the biggest one but also like delinda offended as we would expect i mean in your favorite episode the reason for this podcast we had delinda giving style advice for the fucking shitty pennies that you get for sixth grade flag football or whatever Delinda, of course, is not going to take kindly to changing up the uniforms, especially for something of of this nature. Worth noting that the football uniforms were also dry clean only. Uh, According to Delinda. (laughs) The other note I had on this front was you have your own in-house dry cleaning, your own in-house laundry services. Why is it costing that much? Right. Like what actual hell are you in that you're paying full freight for your own laundry services? Yeah, I'm I'm almost surprised that the answer wasn't, hey, why don't we go back to body paint? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what's cheaper than any laundry? No laundry. Titties. Mm, no, I've found titties are far more expensive than dry cleaning. <laughs> well, you're going to the wrong place, my man. No shit, no shit. Wait, for which? Titties or dry cleaning? Yes. Ah. Uh, uh, Delinda is having fuck all to do with this. She's willing to listen to the first two notes. You get her to polyester and she says, fuck this. 
I'm going to daddy. I've got to give Delinda credit real quick. The line. If you want to work at a place with polyester uniforms, Denny's is right down the strip, honey. Was a real just. Mwah. And she said that with anger. That was a that was a line with extreme prejudice. Yeah, I, I think Delinda knows that she's currently at the top of our chip leader and, and wants to play accordingly. Yeah, she is fired both both barrels like she's trying to buy blinds. I don't give a shit. I run this table and she picks up her polyester problem, puts it on the desk of her papa, who, to put it mildly, couldn't possibly give less of a shit and basically advocates that she just suck it up, which predictably goes poorly. We get this weird subplot that Ed doesn't want to talk, not just because he wants to ignore his daughter as he usually does, but because he is studying for a driving test, which is going to come up a couple of times, but lead to nothing inexplicably. I would like to talk about this mostly when we get to his scene with Mike. Sure. But it is without a doubt the dumbest thing in season three <laughs> that we've seen so far. And it's not even close. I certainly don't have anything to argue against. Holy shit. So Sam corners Bobby at the sports book, says, hey, your love life is fucking with my career. and. To his credit, he's not entirely unsympathetic. I think he's like, yeah, I see that. But first of all, I need you to know the first leg of my pick six just hit. So I'm very focused on the ponies right now. And secondly, love finds a way. Like, I'm not just fucking around. I'm really into this chick. And, you know, maybe if you'd actually had a personal life, you'd understand. And in the meantime, I need you to get hit to the notion that she's probably going to be joining the family one day. Sam wants to puke. Yeah, I'm not sure which part is going to make Sam angrier, but all of those are very, very in the wheelhouse of the things you could say to make Sam the angriest. Yeah, I mean, this is the most credibly that Bobby has seemed like her brother because he's <laughs> like, oh, OK, let me just go through the things I know will piss Sam off checklist. But while all of them being completely credible. Yeah, I mean, nothing he said was wrong. It was just, let's say, presented in the best light for him. Sure. And and also sharpened to the, the finest edge in all things. Yeah, this was a well-honed argument. He knew this was coming. You know, after he made his pick six, he had all that time before the horses got to post. He's working on his argument and he delivers it with the the level of preparation that Daniel Ocean announced the why are we going to do this because <laughs> the house always wins speech. Bobby not messing around. Uh, a lover, not a, not a fighter. Unless it comes to the Chinese condo market, in which case he'll fuck you up. Oh, just destroy you. But do it with a smile the entire time. Oh, of course. It's just it's just business. Except for Bobby. It's also Bobby. pleasure. <laughs> we go to Danny weirdly just chilling in the kitchen. Can we call it what it is? This is skulking. It, uh, you know what? I almost just said skulking and I thought, well, no, that usually is a little sadder and he's not really sad. But it did feel like a good skulk, didn't it? Yeah, it was like a like a contemplative skulk. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good way to put it. I I wish I had not pulled back on it now. Delinda is going to storm through ostensibly because she's quitting because she doesn't want to deal with Duche anymore. And Danny, being Danny, is just going to go and scare the shit out of her, which felt right. I mean, it, it felt definitely on brand. I'm shocked that Danny has already forgotten the assault trauma that she's gone through and thinks that this is funny mm. to ambush her in a abandoned club. 
That's that's an excellent point, Judson. I honestly had not even considered that. And remember the damage she does to people who assault. Like he's lucky she didn't. He didn't catch one in the eye there. That I mean, that would have been a delightful bit of comedy if she just slapped the shit out of him. Went like fucking full Muay and just dropped him. Like had a chef's knife to his throat before she even realized who he was. Like oh fuck, (laughs) Katie. Oh oh sorry sorry. What are you doing, you idiot? (laughs) Quit your goddamn skulking. Fuck around and find out. Delinda heard that Danny found the lady from the pictures, and Danny's like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. I guess I can face my demons. Delinda's like, well, if you can, I can too. I'm going to stand up to Olivia. Just a weird vibe to the whole scene. I don't know. My favorite part was where the lady with the genius IQ correctly deduced that he missed his still relatively recently deceased father. Like, you miss him, don't you, Date? Like, oh, no shit, Sherlock. Look, that, that one semester of psychology went a long way. I'm not, I don't exactly know why Danny misses him that much, because even if he was alive, he still wouldn't have shown up by now. We have like six more episodes this season before he's going to make an appearance. We have talked about Danny's dad more since he died than we did the entirety of the show where he was an actual character. If he were alive, he would have had tickets to meet up with Danny at the Rihanna concert and no showed him. And then bitched about the fact that concrete didn't get poured on time. Well, you know, traffic. This might be your last reminder. So just in case, Larry McCoy was a real piece of shit. Enemy of the pod. Brittany and Larry. Names going up on the board. What, one of those is duly sanctioned. And the other one's Larry McCoy. <laughs> God damn it, Judson. Danny and Penny show up at this woman's place with Penny practically pushing him toward the door. Like any hesitation in Danny's stride, she's like, come on, knock at that door. Like, chill out, Penny. Fuck's sake. Yeah, she lays it on a little thick here. I there's I, I got nothing. Knocks on the door and asks for Miss Hillier. And she's like, oh, da- Danny boy, the pipes, the pipes were calling. You look just like your papa. Oh, uh, we were so close. But I oh, you know, I did just get this job. I got to go. Bye. But you can come in while I get ready. And also, Danny and Larry look nothing alike. They're two white men. That is it. Like similar height? Maybe. Larry seemed a lot shorter than Danny. Yeah, I guess he was, wasn't he? There's a reason he's never shown up. Because he's like, my son makes me feel like a piece of shit. (laughs) He's this big, strong Marine. I can't even get concrete poured. (laughs) It's a lot like how people, like, dumb people keep having children. And someone's like, oh, it looks just like you. It's like, no, it doesn't. It looks like a little fucking squeezy ball of fat. <laughs> like, it do- babies don't look like people. What are you talking about? And if they do, it's only so that the father doesn't immediately reject them. That lasts for like <laughs> 10 weeks. And then it looks like nothing. A nondescript <laughs> lump of flesh. Just about. Which is the title of my sex tape. Uh, ouch. I figured I couldn't I couldn't hit you with that one. I, I appreciate that, especially since I didn't say it. That would have been wrong. But I appreciate going for the, the self-deprecative, self-deprecative humor. There it is. Yeah, there it is. De- Got it I, was, one. I almost said deprecative and I was like, that doesn't sound right. Whatever More the opposite of deprecating is, is what you did to the word deprecating. <laughs> now, that was defecating is what I did all over that word. And that is the title of your sex tape. Mm, yeah all right fair play so in liz's living room she has a prominently featured photoshop picture of her and larry and approximately eighty-five thousand overdue bills whole lot of overdue bills if there's a horizontal surface it's papered with overdue bills as far as the eye can see 
big old like neon red past due final notice. Not a good time. It doesn't look great. And she volunteers without prompting that she's picked up a second job that that's the one she's going to. But, you know, Larry and I were so close. I heard all about you, Danny. I just couldn't get up the nerve to approach you. But as long as you've made this half-hearted initial overture, why don't we meet up between my two jobs? Hint, hint, Daniel. I can drive by your place of business where you probably can get us free food because I'm so poor. So, so, so poor. Please, Danny. Help me, Danny Juan Kenobi. You're my only hope. (laughs) Danny says great. And we ship back to the Montecito where Sam is dealing with an angry whale. Who would have thought? Once again, for the 19th time this season, apparently, we have somebody who expected full room to be comped who is getting charged full freight. Sam says, hey, I got it. Don't worry about it. Goes to the schmuck behind the desk and says, what the fuck? And he's like, well, new player requirements. He doesn't get it. Sorry. I cannot believe that Olivia is back on her bullshit of sabotaging Sam's relationship with her clients in front of them by changing comp policies in real time. The fucking Venetian did this to me in front of the pod, Tyler, over a decade ago. It took a full 10 years before I was willing to set foot in that place again. (laughs) This guy owns a fucking skyscraper in L.A. and he is getting yanked around by the Montecito. Ridiculous. It's just comical and it makes no sense because even if you're going to I really thought the Nakamura skyscraper thing was going to land with you. That's because you were looking for Nakatomi. I know, but it was so close. Nah, see, when I heard Nakamura, I thought of the wrestler, and so Nakatomi didn't even oh. enter the... I, I actually just thought that I missed a mention of owning a building in LA, because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I thought you were just making something up. I don't know. You gave me this look that was like, that's a data point I didn't pick up during my review of the text, but okay. One, 100%. I, uh, the, the Spark Notes did not have that in the mention. <laughs> That was the question Kimberly Horn drops on the English test to make sure you did just read the spark notes. Well, missing that one. Uh, Getting a 70% on this quiz again. (laughs) But again, like if you're going to do this shit, you don't change the rules in the middle of the game. You can't do that to somebody who's already showed up and checked in under the guise of I'm not paying for this room. And you sure shit don't do it without talking to Sam first so she can talk to the guy before he shows up the checkout and it was like here's your bill for four grand or whatever like and then it's gonna make a scene and so other people are gonna be like um, I don't. like i get olivia's whole thing is gambling is not the end all be all i don't give a shit about gambling but you are still in neon city like gambling still is a big part of all this even right. if it's it, not it a is one. still a casino you are on the casino floor yeah and then she decides you know what i know i'm flying close to the sun i'm just gonna gain a little bit more altitude and I'm going to tell Sam that I've revoked her VIP ticket privileges. Right after she once again promised Mr. Herman that, yep, your tickets to Rihanna are secured. And what the fuck is actually happening? If Sam can't give tickets and comps away. What is her job? What what would you say you do here? There There is no longer a casino host at the Montecito. So Sam takes her issues to Big Ed and he still doesn't want to hear about it because he's got this driving exam. And I get that the polyester thing was bullshit. He felt like that did not need to come up to his level. But Ed needs to get on the stick here, Ricky Tick, because this is starting to become a very big problem. And like, especially with the issues that he has had with Sam in the past, and like he is very aware of what those issues are. 
this is this should be pretty a one in Ed's book at this point. Yeah. And either like so Nakamura wanted full RFB and instead was getting nothing. There is such a huge gradation between full RFB and paying the rack rate for everything. Yeah. That, you know, I get that they're aligning over a lot of this because it's a TV show, but they went from a hard stop one way to hard stop the other. And for the most part, Ed's just going to shrug until Sam's like rip shit angry. And finally, he's going to pick up a phone and restore the RFB, but nothing about her ticket privileges, which to me seems backwards. Yeah, the the ticket privileges do kind of. Well, no, I guess the room is probably I don't know. That's a either way. You would think if he's doing one, like just make the call on the other two. It'd be like, hey, Olivia, if you want to make these changes, that's one thing, but we got to make them go forward, not in real time slash retroactive in the case of Nakamura. Yeah. Or like Sam, just call Delinda and be like, hey, put Mr. Harmon's name on the list. Or just or just let him in when he shows up. Yeah. A lot of lot of options here. So I thought when Sam's when Big Ed says, hey, knock it off of the tickets, you know, don't push it. Sam was like, OK, no problem. I was floored. I was like, she's actually going to go along with this. No, she's not. She's going over Ed's head to Monica and she's like, look, this is bullshit. I can't do my job like this again. Playing playing with my expectations. I thought Monica was going to tell her to fuck clean off like your beats with Olivia. I trust Olivia. Miss me with this. Instead, she says, you know what? I could maybe find the time to talk to Olivia about your situation. If small favor, tell your brother that we're broken up. Bobby. Poor Bobby. Sad Bobby. Sam really doesn't like doing it. Thought she's like, you know, he really likes you. I I don't want to do that. She's like, well, what if not only do I talk to Olivia, I throw in the tickets for Mr. Herman. Sam's like, well, okay, I I guess I can help you out then. Straight bribery. Take care of Bobby. I'll take care of you. Okay, thanks. Bye. I mean, economy is a beautiful thing. Hey, Vegas... Uh, operates on favors this is well established both in the real world and in the fiction of the show but whether in sin or neon city it's a good way to live crony capitalism is immoral well speaking of favors ed's about to call in a favor with young mike cannon ed still talking about this fucking driving test for no reason Uh. and he's like look i got work to do i don't want to deal with this how about you take care of it mike Judson, would you like to to fire away now? Yeah, I appreciate you yielding the balance of your time because I've been shaking my head and pinching the bridge of my nose for about the last 30 seconds. I, first of all, we're expected that big, we're expected to believe that Big Ed cannot take a driving exam cold. He can't just like go in and take it. What actual fresh hell is this? (laughs) I was screaming at my television. Secondly, he doesn't need an engineering treatise on the value of minimum speed limits as a way to handle a civil engineering problem, he needs whatever the state of Nevada says the reason is. So, okay, it's this shit's in this book. He doesn't want to read it, but he's going to have to go take the test. So really what he needed to do was grab, grab some fucking 23-year-old lackey from accounting and be like, hey, summarize this onto note cards for me. Thanks very much. Not grabbing the deputy chief of security and been like, hey, research this shit for me. What the actual fuck? like? They're playing the scene for last, and I fucking hated it. I'd rather spend time with Olivia Douchebag and her cost-cutting campaign as she goes Sherman through Georgia on Mystique and Polyester. This was a nightmare. 
to to Ed's quick a nightmare. <laughs> I'm apoplectic. It's it's very bad. Again, I already was. And now I'm again. It's sweating it is horseshit. It makes no sense. And and to Ed's comeuppance, Mike is not just going to answer the question as Ed would have hoped. He's going to ask for in exchange, including, oh, wait, that must mean you've got a birthday coming up. Huh? Who's a big birthday boy? Is it Ed? Ed, turns out, doesn't, uh, not, not too big on the birthdays. Who could have possibly imagined that? <laughs> yeah, that's actually the one time he loves to celebrate. He's very, very explicit about his birthday. I mean, did you see the one time that Jillian got Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray to change the words to his hit song to throw Ed's name in there? And all it cost was Jillian fucking Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray like eight times in his condo. <laughs> no, that was anniversary. Totally different. From oh, birthday. fuck. That was anniversary. Yeah. God damn it. Ah, I shit. mean, Mike is going to have to fuck the birthday cake, though. That is canon. And well, no, the Mike Mike's canon. canon. He also does have to fuck Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray. That's <laughs> called the canon blast. Every morning. I appreciate you taking the hostage on the equation. I, I felt like if I didn't now, it was just going to be hanging there for the rest of the episode. It would have. It would have. Here's one more. One more thing about this. Please. At least for now. I can't promise I'll permanently <laughs> let it go. But Mike started this show as a very good valet where he knew a lot about everybody. He was very personable. He would have 20, 30, 40 second interactions with people and, you know, knew what they like to eat, what strippers they liked you know, which drivers were their favorite shit like that. The fact that Mike cannot read the fucking room on Ed and birthdays fucking mind boggling to me. Like, has he gone full fucking subreddit neckbeard? <laughs> well, the, the best is when he's going to be warned against it multiple times and still decide, eh, no, nah, this is a good plan. I know best. Come on, Mike. Come what the on, actual Mike. Fuck? Boo, Mike. This has been our our first time formally calling it. I'm sure will not be the last segment. Come on, Mike. Come on, Mike. Danny and Liz meet for dinner where Danny gets the same style of salad that his father did, which affords Liz the opportunity to launch into their meat cute story, which apparently the half price Bally's buffet makes actual bacon bits. And Larry, because he's a piece of shit, remind you. <laughs> was bogarting all the bacon, which rightly pissed Liz off behind him. She screamed at him like a lunatic. And then I guess they started fucking. They uh, they seemed to have lied over They're, that part. They they got the meat part. I didn't really hear the cute part unless, hey, I bacon here is one of their like corny <laughs> phrases. I Well, really, they had two meats. No cute. They met each other. And then there was the bacon. God damn it. God damn it, Judson. Come on, Judson. Welcome to our new segment, Come On, Judson, where your other host, Eddie, gets just fucking annoyed at the other host, Judson. This concludes our first annual Come On, Judson. Uh, bad news, listeners, that will not be the only time this segment appears on this episode, because I have a scripted joke later that might cause Eddie to leave the podcast forever. Yeah, annual was not meant seriously. It's going to come up more often. That's almost a given. It's only because there's not a term for something that happens every five minutes. Danny pivots immediately to, so I couldn't help but notice that you're broke. No foreplay for my guy here. Just straight to the finger blasting. Look, Danny is getting screwed here 
but also kind of has it all coming. He did all of this to himself in just the worst way, but I'm sorry. You don't ask someone you just met, hey, about the hundreds of thousands of dollars of overdue medical bills I just saw at your place. What's up? I would have a really difficult time broaching that subject with any sort of alacrity with somebody that I had a good pre-existing relationship with. Yeah. Much less a stranger. Yeah. Because I would expect rightly to get punched in the teeth for my. So I heard your poor. Oh, fuck. Oh, because you were telling the world I'm poor because you basically stalked me to my house. And then when I let you in, saw bills piled up. Uh, Yeah. Also a good point. He did stalk her to her house. The fact that she's not pissed off by this should have been a red flag, Daniel. It it should have. But I got to give Liz credit here. Like MVP plays of, oh, I'm fine. You know, I there was a car wreck and it was a miracle I survived, but I'm I'm good. The insurance is going to take care of it. You know, eventually they said they're denying coverage, but I think that means that they're just denying it right now and they're going to pick it up later. I'm fine. Famously charitable insurance companies (laughs) often deny only to come back and pay later. Yeah, they just they want to give the doctor a chance to have a good heart and knock off some money and then they come in and take care of it. How did Danny not pick up on the fact that she said this result of a car accident and his father died in a car accident? Excellent question, Judson. Like, was this the car accident? Probably not, because there'd be a police report. But if not, pretty weird coincidence that her what will soon find out in a few seconds is that her fiance died in a car accident and she then almost died in one merely days later. Cars crash all the time. That's what I'm told. So yeah, she fights fire with fire. Hey, Danny, you want to pry about my bills? How about this? Your dad and I were going to get married. How's that salad treating you, bitch? Yeah, he, you know, I do have to get to my other job. Oh, oh, Larry, he begged me not to work. And I I was going to stop after, well, you know, we got married. No, Liz, I really don't know what you mean. Commercial surprise. Sam once again finds Bobby in the sports book. Bobby. His pick six has been on quite a tear. He's down to the last leg. And in media race. You're so proud of yourself. <laughs> you look like the fucking what's Snively, the fucking cartoon dog. <laughs> I warned you I'd scripted a lot. You did. For yeah, no, I I was going through my mind when I was watching the episode. I was like, wonder where he comes. And this was on the list of like possible options. In the middle of the race, she lets him know rather about. Oh, that, in media race. I get it now. Yeah. You see. Because in Latin, it's spelled R-E-S, but pronounced like race, like R-A-C-E. Good joke. Thank you, man. So in the middle, in media race. What? She lets Bobby. Bobby. Know rather abruptly that Monica wants him to kick stones. Yeah, no, no, like softening it up. Like she really just ripped that bandaid. There's no like, have a seat. I got some bad news. I'm really sorry, Bobby. But it's just straight to Monica's done. And... I'm just the bearer of bad news. Sorry. Would you rather get a bullet to the head or five to the chest and bleed to death? Are those my only two options? Bobby, pretty understandably, is like, what? God damn it, Sam. What the fuck did you do? Not 20 minutes ago, you were bitching at me for going out with Monica. And now you are coming to tell me that Monica wants to break up. Seems suspicious. To make matters worse, his horse gets chased down from behind and beat at the wire. 
way worse, to be clear. For the non-degenerates among you, a pick six in horse racing is you pick the winner of six races in a row, and there's no margin for error. It must be the horse that comes in first in six consecutive races. A notable accomplishment that he was one away from clearing. Womp, womp, womp. Twould have been a spicy meat to ball. But alas, he has no girl, he has no horse, he has no money. Well, he still presumably has a lot of money. He really fucked up that condo market. I mean, the old money. Yeah, no new money. No new money. Drown his despair. Exactly. Back to the worst first dinner of all time, probably, with Danny and Liz. Danny is still trying to come to grips with the fact that his father was engaged and he was never told. Liz says, oh, yeah, we had all these plans. We were going to travel the world and do all this stuff. And, oh, hey, Penny's here. Hi, Penny. Penny's going to interrupt and say, hey, Danny, any chance you can get all the rest of your shit out by tomorrow? We move the closing up. Surely that's not have anything to do with the fact that Liz is here. And now that your hot girlfriend's here, you have an opportunity to show off by helping a crying woman. Yeah. Weird, weird timing on the waterworks as Liz says, oh, yeah, I should probably go. Danny's going to chase her down at least three times to see if she's okay. She starts with, oh, it just brought back a lot of feelings seeing you. I should go chase down number two. I'm selling the house. I'm going to have all this money. Let me help you out. She's like, no, 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 you shouldn't do that. Runs away. Penny stops Danny and says, hey, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You don't know her. No, let's see. That's that's right out of the con artist playbook. I know. I know it is. But this is also why I don't feel any pity for Danny, because this is not the first time someone's going to be like, hey, dum-dum, what the fuck are you doing? We'll chase Liz down once again and say, look, let me help you out with the insurance money. It's fine. She goes, no, 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 they're going to pay it. He's like, "Okay, cool. Call this a loan. You pay me back when the insurance kicks in. She finally agrees, having been worn down by Danny's charm. I'm deciding whether I want to get to the advice now or later. I feel like we should wait just a little bit because the next scene is actually going to be very helpful. Well, in that case, let me rewind briefly to the start of this. When Liz and we come back to them and Danny is sitting there stunned and Liz says, I'm sorry, I know this is a lot to digest all at once. And no one mentioned the extra bacon. I'm really glad you rewound for that. Really, really glad we didn't miss that shining beacon of comedy opportunity there. I was just hoping to really piss you off. Because it was a big salad, you see. God damn it, Judson. You know I'm in a fragile emotional state. Welcome to episode two of Come On, Judson. (laughs) It it really should be three. You're just so shell-shocked by many a race. Because it's a big salad. Because it's in the middle of the race. Oh, God. Here's what'll make it better. I know, a scene with Danny and Mary. We go to Danny's dad as he and Mary are packing up the last of the boxes to apparently flip this house. And we find out the number in question for Liz, $50,000. Not a tiny sum, by any means. No, and Mary is questioning the wisdom of just shooting some stranger with this 50 large and is poking all sorts of holes in his plan. And just as I'm thinking, and this, for a Mary of all people... Danny goes, and this from you of all people. Look, we drag Mary a lot over the course of this podcast, but here's my advice. If Mary's telling you that a grand sweeping gesture is a bad idea, 
run, don't walk from your idea. I mean, that's we can go ahead and do the advice segment now. Don't give a fucking rando $50,000, you moron. Especially when every single person you know and care about finds out about it and says, yo, you should not do that. That's a bad idea. At least ask a few more questions, my guy. It's a really terrible look. As is the fact that Mary's dropping all sorts of hints about how shit on the home front's not great for her. Doesn't elaborate. Quasi storms off back to her car, leaving Danny to drive away from his dad's house for the last time with moving box precariously wedged into his car so that they can fly out the back like they're Greg's ashes. I was going to say, and on top of his dead brother's ashes at that. But man, Danny, like I know you're going through a lot right here, but when Mary drops, when you say something to the effect of, and this coming from Las Vegas's most romantic person, and she replies with, yeah, well, after everything I've been through lately, more like the realist of Las Vegas. Pretty shitty friend job by Danny to not, like, follow up a little bit. Lob in a question. Yeah, you gotta have a little back and forth. Hey, I know we've been spending a lot of time on my problems. Is everything okay with you and Jake? Yeah, as, as you very clearly alluded, they are not. Are you good? Also, I can't help but notice that your tits are almost entirely hanging out. What would Jake think about this? The, the uh, A little bit less conservatively dressed than she has been in the early parts of the season when she was happier with Jake. Considering that I think 40% of her, the bra that she's wearing is visible, I would say it is significantly less conservative than it had been when she was living in her greenhouse. Yeah, Mary closes with, at least do a fucking background check, you idiot. Remember, this is your job. Holy shit. Poor old Bobby. Bobby. Tucking into the tequila pretty hard. I guess he lost, He learned that for Monica. Just line him up at beautiful wax and put him down. And he's heard it straight from the horse's mouth. Monica wants out. And he and Sam share some tender moments about their rough childhoods and how Sam can't handle funerals but can still somehow fuck in coffins. It's a weird brother-sister convo. I mean... I'm the first to admit I'm an only child, but that struck me as weird. It was weird, but also sweet at the same time. Bobby's done with Vegas, despite the fact that Sam's offered to put him up in a room for free that she obviously cannot authorize and B that Bobby obviously does not need. I, I think it was more about, hey, I'll even comp the mini bar was the, the real token gesture there. Bobby. Bobby. He loves it, but he's had enough of Vegas and he's off to greener pastures. And I think for the last time, Bobby leaves our screens and our hearts. Bye-bye, Bobby. Bye-bye. Bobby. Bye-bye, Bobby. Bye-bye, Bobby. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Bobby. I hate us. Is this a good bit? I don't. It doesn't feel like a good bit, but I'm enjoying it a lot. It's a bit from which there's no obvious exit, so it's like we're just stuck. Bye-bye, bit. Bobby bit. Bobby Bobby bit. I think we bit a little too much off with that one. Bobby bit. Bobby 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 bit. Back in security, Danny is finally doing some diligence on Liz, and by that I mean has conducted one Google search. Presumably he would do more, but Mike's got such a hard on for throwing big at a birthday party that I think Danny must get pulled off track. Because basically all he's done is like, yeah, Liz is clean. I did one. I did one search. She's fine. He pulled up her Nevada driver's license and was like, yeah, this seems OK. Nothing's flagged yet. 
Ike adds his voice to the chorus of people saying, no, dumb idea. Don't do this. Danny, not listening at this point. He does, however, warn Mike that, you know, there was a guy here in catering who once tried to throw at a birthday party. You know why you don't know who he is, Mike? It's because he was fired and or left in the desert. One of the two. Danny's going to pop into the conference room to bang out the last of his housing paperwork when Olivia shows up with some bad news. She's gotten around to reviewing security and surveillance as P&L, and they need to cut four headcount in the next 24 hours because, you know, that's something that major companies do all the time. Targeted layoffs in an incredibly short period of time. Yeah. Also, her title is hotel manager. And I realized that Monica said that she got kind of full run of the ranch. But A, it seems like if there's anywhere you would want some redundancies, it would be security. And B, now you're really just shitting in Ed's backyard. Like, Yeah, this, this feels like it's being done at Ed at this point. Yeah. Danny goes to the conference room to sign the closing docs with Penny, and he's going to ask Penny if he should do this. Now, surely she's going to talk him out of it, right? Because earlier she tried suggesting, hey, what are you doing? Everyone else has been telling him now she's going to be the one to put on the final breaks, right? And get him to see the error of his ways. Well, Penny, sadly, sees it as a, a noble gesture from somebody, which which she finds very attractive and says, you know, just because you spend all day trying to find cheats and liars doesn't mean that everybody that you meet is a cheat and a liar. Now, ironically, he has met not one but two cheats and or liars in this instance, but that's how it is. Danny signs and, the last. I mean, Penny does say basically, "Give her this money, and I'll fuck you again." So tough, uh, tough. You know, he's already wants to do it. I mean, fifty like, fifty k. It's it's not a bad deal. If I if I if I could scratch that together, I'm willing to listen to the offer. Now I realize Ed, with how we started the conversation that that's not going to be how that's taken, but that. Willing to listen I think to the you've agreed. I, I think you've agreed to listen to Danny and Penny fuck no, in exchange for fifty thousand. That is not what I've agreed to. Thankfully, for the statute of frauds, nothing is in writing, so they can hold me to nothing. <laughs> Penny would love to stay and celebrate, but uh, she's going to a wedding in Palm Beach. Sounds like a great time. Danny, come with. Yet again, what happens if Danny says, "Sure, great, that sounds like fun"? Where does the plan go then? There are like. She's got nine different off-roads where her own plan could fuck her. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing is she doesn't have to cut bait until, you know, he he can't do something, right? Like, she could go along with this or concoct a reason why it falls through. Mm, yeah, and they'd still have the money. I guess that's fair. Yeah. Danny goes to Liz's place with the check, says, hey, here you go. Money will be in my account tomorrow. So wait till tomorrow or any time after to cash it. But hey, here's one thing. You know all this stuff about me and you were serious enough with my dad that you got engaged. How come I never heard of you? And also, how come I am so horny to give you this money that I would go immediately from my closing to your house without waiting for the money to clear, even for a day? Also a good question. The, we never heard that the bills were due today. I mean, they're coming for that ass. I don't think another 48 hours is going to ruin it. That's an excellent point, Judson. Well, I don't think she would have had an answer for that, but she does have an answer for the first. We wanted to wait until we were sure we were serious. A, a fair reaction from Danny of, 
Well, you were fucking engaged. That seems pretty serious. She goes, oh, well, about that. He asked me to marry him on the day he died. We made this one up. Did you feel like this scene was written in response to somebody else in the writer's room being like, hey, I got some questions here about the whole Liz Larry thing. Somebody from writer's room B just happened to be walking through and was like, you know, there are two dickheads who are going to do a podcast about this in a couple years. It feels like there's a lot of real easy, open questions that we could maybe shut the door on some of them here. And they try. But the punchline is, well, it's because the love affair was never real. I'm a liar and a felon. Come on over, officer. Because for Larry to go from let's wait till we're serious to tell Danny that you even exist to him asking her. Usually you get serious prior to getting engaged, I would think. A little punch up. She could have asked him Mm -hmm. and he could have accepted. I mean, this show was fairly socially progressive for its time and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that, that would have been an interesting choice and also would have explained why he hadn't, why Larry hadn't said shit to Danny. And it would have also worked better with the dynamic of him not wanting to tell Danny because, oh yeah, I, uh, you know, your mom, well, uh, don't worry about that. I got you a new mom. <laughs> Surprise. That I have agreed to marry without you ever having met her. Ta-da. It's good news. Her daughter's super hot. All that stepsis porn you've been watching, you're going to love this. <laughs> See, our co-host Eddie's browser history has leaked into the podcast. <laughs> Incorrect. Big Ed has finally had enough of all of these bullshit. Tracks her down in the mezzanine. He says, look, I get your desire for efficiency, but hear me out here. Me having to follow you around and fix all your fuck ups is pretty inefficient. Good argument. So here's what we're going to do. You're fired without me talking to Monica first. I'm sure this won't be a problem. He's Ed. He's the boss. He has been given free reign by Monica and said he's going to do it his way. So why would you evoke Paul Anka? I don't ever, ever put that on me. How dare you? How dare you, sir? His way. Something, something. Turn up your hearing aid because I'm a piece of shit. Paul Anka way. You got to be careful, man. You're going to you're going to get us copyright infringed with that pitch perfect rendition. I got my ticket for the long way round. Uh, Let me check the email. Yep. Okay, there's the strike. Okay, Uh, noted. uh, You know, we were due for one. Yeah, it's fair. They think this is how we were going to get it. but Yeah, we got two more. We're fine. We go to Penny's apartment where Danny and Penny have just finished fornicating. Penny says, hold on, I'll be right back. Gonna grab something for you. Danny weirdly gets a call from Mary at that exact moment and decides, eh, I'll let this go to voicemail. And then I'm gonna do a little rummaging. Finds Penny's plane ticket, a one-way ticket to Miami. It's almost like the show is telling us something by having Danny ignore Mary, who's been his rock this entire time juxtaposing that with what appears to be a lie coming from Penny. Symbolism. Also, we know she's a thief because what the gift she got for Danny was she swiped the knocker from the front door and that shit definitely should have conveyed with that house. Yeah, like you're going to mess up the paint with that. Like the door's just going to have this weird blank spot in the middle. That's kind of a dick move. <laughs> like if you show up and you just bought this place, you're going to be like, what the fuck, dude? There's not even a doorknob. Like tradition? You go through your front door, your new house, you're excited, you're like, wait, what? They didn't even paint? Wait, did we miss that? 
that we should have done an inspection. God damn it. And now you've got one spouse yelling at the other. How could you be so stupid? You missed it. They didn't have a knocker. Dummy. Those people's lives are ruined. I mean. Because of fucking Penny. Penny, Penny, Penny. Anyway, it seems like a very, a very sweet gesture, though. This way, wherever he goes, he'll always have a place of home with him. A piece of home. Yeah. And a way to remember the confidence scheme for the rest of his life. Yeah, that part's not as, as sweet. Eh, you can't win them all. Yeah. Mary gets summoned to the beautiful wax by Ed, who's tucking into some food. And he's very happy to see her. He's sorry to interrupt. Obviously, looks like some evening plans that she had with Jake. But no, of course not. Jake is where else? Working late. Yep. Got to. Well, hey, speaking of work, Mary, would you like to be the hotel manager? Sure. Just like that, Mary's back. Yeah. If when when Mary initially says no, when Ed said, take a moment, think about it, you know, go talk with Jake. Ed was like, well, shit, like, really, come on, think about it. Like, this is a good offer. And she's like, no, 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 it's cool. I don't need no man. I don't need permission. I'm a strong, independent woman. I'm going to take that job. That I am woefully underqualified for and have no idea of the scope or the compensation package. She just knows it is more responsibility, which could be bad because she had a lot of stressful days that she could not handle, but also more money, which is nice. But who's going to take care of all those plants? Spoiler, they were all artificial. It's a real dark Poison Ivy vibe. You build this entire greenhouse of fake plants. <laughs> Just a lie starts snowballing on you. The first date, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really great with plants. See this totally real ficus that's not <laughs> fake? Like, oh, yeah, you must really love plants. Here's one. And you get it and it dies within like three days. So you have to buy a fake replacement of that one. And it just every time you just got to add new plants. Because the person keeps doubling every time they see you like, oh, that plant I gave you looks even better. So I got you a new plant. Yes, exactly. That's the reason Mary's to take the job is she's deeply in debt from all the fake plant purchases. Michael's craft center now has a mortgage on her home because she has had to pay for so much for so many fake plants. We've been giving Jake a hard time for working so much. The real source of strain in the relationship is the debt she's run up at all the Hobby Lobbies in town. Her fake plant addiction. This is your brain. This is drugs. Danny has run back to security to dig into Penny's fight situation. Let's talk with Mike. He's like, hey, I feel like she should have flown into Fort Lauderdale, which is closer to West Palm Beach. And also she booked a one-way ticket. And Mike's like, hey, buddy. Don't worry. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of exp explanations to this. Danny's not buying. He's like, you know, I've actually had this weird feeling ever since I tracked down Liz. Whoopsies. Oh, fuck. It turns out everyone but me and co-host Eddie knew this was coming. God damn it. See, even in this episode, I knew what was coming. I was just sad about it. Like, I, I was back with when Mary's like, hey, dummy, like, at least run a check, do something here. Turns out all he had to do was not click the only Nevada button, click all states button. You're going to learn a whole lot about this scheme real quick. But instead of doing that, what if we just did some light B&E real quick? Very low touch. We've got a lockpick kit. Just let myself in. A nice slide of hand check on that dice roll. Oh, Danny's going to break into Liz's apartment and. Find Bill after Bill after Bill. And then a set of photos from the local Walgreens because that's where we are in time. And you still had to like go somewhere to get photos processed. Oh, gross. Ew. 
and find a whole lovely family photo set of Penny and her mom, Liz. Womp, womp, womp. We don't know that they're mother and daughter yet, but Mike is hard at work at security as Danny gets back. And yeah, buddy, if you'd hit that all states button, could have told you my mommy daughter. Not great. Not great. The good news is Danny is going to be smart about this. He's not going to do anything crazy. He's going to go about things the right way, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he's obviously going to go back to Penny's place and see what's up. But we know he has a lockpick kit. So he's just going to gently pick the lock on that door also and poke around, right? Mm, no, he's going to knock on the door, look through the window, not see anything, and just kick that bitch down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess... He had to Kool-Aid man in because the lockpit set was consumable like an RPG and he broke it on the last door. Yeah, he used he used up all the little picks he had from Skyrim and was out. So he just had to brute force this bad boy. I mean, hey, rolled high on his strength check. Yeah, that door cracked good. Real quick, what do you think Danny's modifiers are? We're entering our first ever D&D segment. Minus two intelligence. It's generous. Plus... Plus two strength, plus three charisma. Plus one dex. It checks. What are we missing? And minus four wisdom. Yeah. Is mm, Should we flip wisdom and intelligence? Should it be minus four intelligence and minus two yeah. wisdom probably? Yeah, that's, that's probably about that's right. That's probably where we want to be. I think we should probably goose his charisma. He's probably plus five charisma. I mean, he's a good looking boy. He's a handsome son bitch. He knows fucking everybody. He does. So that, that's been your maybe last, but at least the first segment of D&D 5e Neon City Edition. <laughs> Apartments cleaned out. Penny's gone. Now, if you had given me 50 guesses to whom Danny was going to take this information, I would never in a million years guessed shitty corporate lawyer Kathy. But that's who it is. Why not, though? I mean, obviously, you would think edit one. Correct. Although I think he's probably embarrassed. Right. I'm just saying what you're ju- what you're gut reaction would be off the jump would be gut like, reaction take it to Ed but I feel like Kath, he has dealt with Kathy the lawyer enough and this is like a yo I got fucking robbed but also I just broke into two people's places <laughs> so like I can't go to the cops and also all my cop friends are dead or don't want to have sex with me anymore so let's try the lawyer or in the case of Detective Perez both <laughs> it was, was he dating Mary to make Danny jealous is that what it was no, I think Danny fucked the corpse a lot. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's... Wow. That's, that's <laughs> fucked up, man. I was not ready for that. Hey, Danny did it, not me. You're, we're finding out a lot about our other co-host browser history tonight, apparently. Why do you think Greg was so insistent on being cremated? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Incest and necrophilia. How dare you, sir? Like she always does, Kathy starts dropping hard-to-hear legal truth bombs. And the punchline is, you're fucked. Penny was licensed real estate agent. She keeps the commission. You've got no evidence of fraud or malfeasance on the part of Liz. And you gave it to her of your own free will, even though everyone you know, love, and trust told you this was fucking stupid. Hey, remember all those people? This is what they were talking about, dipshit. I'm almost surprised Kathy doesn't bill him for her time. The casino gets built for the time because Danny's not the client. The casino's the client. So that's definitely on the ledger. And this has got to go in his personnel file, right? Kathy's going to go up to her office and be like, Daniel McCoy is a fucking idiot. Easy Mark. 
let me tell you what he just brought to me in my capacity as in-house counsel. <laughs> At this point, Mike runs up with something from the database search about Liz that everyone agrees is exciting new information. And so Danny's off to fight crime. Yeah, we then get a fun little scene of Ed's walking with Mary and they're chatting about how exciting it is to have Mary back when Olivia walks up. Ed is understandably surprised because he just fired her ass. Olivia goes, well, Monica rehired me. Olivia Duche, hotel manager. Mary Connell, hotel manager. Pretty good bit of uh, acting. Yeah. It was a hell of a line read. It was it was well done. She obvi- she realizes that she is a pawn in some much larger game and does not know what to do. But uh, fuck it. She's going to fake it till she figures it out. I like that she looked at Ed first, like, should I tell her? And it gives her that nod like, yeah, hit her with it. <laughs> That's why you're here, doll. Back at Liz's place, she's leaving with bags. So was she in the apartment when Danny was rooting around 45 minutes ago? Excellent question. She's a very heavy sleeper. Who's plotting her escape from this con? So was having a little pre-flight napski. You know, the, the time dilation comes for us all. Turns out the folder for Mike was fraud charges in not one, not two, not three, but four different states. So Danny went ahead and brought Metro with him. Yeah, gonna get her arrested. I still don't know if he's gonna be able to get a fraud charge levied for this. I mean, ostensibly, he can just keep the door open while the cops are leading her away and tear that check up. But Or stop payment on it. Presumably it hasn't actually gone through yet. Oh, yeah, it is. It is still that day. So he's going to eat thirty five dollars in a stop check fee. Good. I mean, decent investment. He asks her where Penny is. She doesn't know. So is it fair to say that Penny is MIA at this point? Damn it. I have to give you that. That was good. I didn't want to. but That was really good. She's going to Miami. Yeah, no, I get I get it. I see. Now I'm taking it back. I was going to give you credit for it. And then you were an asshole. I try and be nice for once. I just worried our dear audience wouldn't understand. I How dare you insult the intelligence of our audience, sir? Let's pick the mood up. We're going to Mystique. Rihanna's playing. Everybody's happy. Mike and Delinda are dancing. Mary walks up. They're excited. They hear she's back. And Mike's like, all right, great. I've got this great thing to tell y'all. Mary's like, oh, I don't know, man. You should hear this first. Ed is so pissed right now. Olivia's back. He is so mad. Linda's like, oh no, like veins bulging, head's about to explode. Like he'll definitely kill the next person that fucks up around him. He's like, yeah, definitely like that. Mikey realizes he might have made a mistake. Because once again, when you don't listen to all of your friends who tell you not to do something, it goes south on you. Especially when you're in our musical denouement. Sam shoots in a call to her brother, urging him to board a later flight so they can chat. It was a real sad, sappy thing from Sam that obviously didn't go anywhere but feels bad. I think it was just a little more emotion. Ed and Monica have a -a tete-a-tete about the Olivia situation. Monica lays down the law and says, hey, I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. And what I want is Olivia. Like Ed says, no problem. You are the boss. I quit. You're a huge pain in the ass. And here's the birthday cake. Mike tried to run up to intercept the cake, but instead ran up just in time to be the face of the cake. Not great. Because everyone knows when you get a birthday cake for somebody, it should be their face on the cake, not your own. And that's canon. Mike Mike canon. canon. Lastly, Danny finds Penny back at the Montecito. She can't stay away from the scene of the crime. And she's come to return the commission money and not apologize, but explain the situation. 
Turns out Pops and Liz did meet at the Ballet's Buffet. They went on a couple dates. Nothing came of it. And when Liz saw the obit, she said, hey, I've got an idea and roped in Penny. Penny wanted out. Mom wouldn't budge. Anyway, here's your money. No harm, no foul, right? We had a lot of fun. It was great. Huh? Also, technically, I did earn this money. Like, Kathy the lawyer, as much as, as you may hate her, was correct. Penny did her job and sold the house and earned the commission and is a licensed real estate agent. So, like, that is her money. Here's my hot take. Yeah. Danny is too angry in this scenario, in this scene, and Penny's not angry enough. Because he just told her that he's throwing his mom in jail. Yeah. And she's, like, right down the middle of the, like, sociopath. Completely devoid of emotion. I, well... I took that as she was like, look, she told her mom that she wanted that she wanted to stop this and the mom didn't want it. And so it's like, eh, you know, thieves get caught. It's probably not the first time these things happen. Yeah, that's fair. And Danny, I feel like was appropriately angry when you go down the road of this girl used my father's death to defraud me. And yes, did then fuck me along the way, but also still fucked me. First fuck good, second fuck bad. Letters and squirrely. Correct. Uh, I I mean, I agree with everything you said. All I'm saying is he got made whole financially. He did get to fuck her a bunch. I, no, that's that's actually the correct argument. Maybe, maybe it's OK. No, that's like I'm I'm 100 percent with you. You know this. That's not a you don't have to twist my arm to get to there. And what's funny is Danny is going to have a a big collar take her on out and while Danny may have said, hey, that's your money, you earned it, he did not chase her down to hand her back the envelope with the 50K in it. So Danny actually comes out ahead 50K here. It does seem like that the house did not sell for the $2 million that she had pumped him up about and that it was much closer to the mil five that was originally bandied about. But that's still a mil five in cash in no time at all with no work. And no and commission free. Well, only half commission. The buyer's agents still, still got their piece. Uh, touche, touche. But I'm just thinking, you know, maybe he could have gotten one eight one nine if he actually had a real agent. But he probably wouldn't have gotten the door knocker that way. So I guess that's a four hundred thousand dollar piece of hardware. Nor the agent knocking. Well, you don't know that. Uh, that's true. The path he's, not taken. He is a charismatic son bitch. It's a high DC, but he's got the goods. Plus five comes in handy. Title of his sex tape. (laughs) There you go. Ed, did you like the episode? Objectively, on the whole. God, I hate you so much. Yes, I did like the episode. I am still not pleased with how the whole con was handled slash wrapped up. And I'm very sad that we will be getting no more Penny. But on the whole, yes, we're in a very good run of episodes right now, and it continued greatly here. What do you think? I did like the episode, but it was not a fun watch. We had a lot of good acting, important plot development, but basically everything went in a bad direction this episode, which makes me sad. And the attempts at comedy were almost without exception duds. Yeah. Like they realized that, oh shit, this is a pretty heavy episode. Maybe we need to goose it a little bit. And just swing and a miss time after time. If, if the driver's test would have gone somewhere, like I feel like they just forgot about that. Yeah. And also, I thought it was pretty rich when Ed's like, 
oh, I'm having to follow you around, Olivia, and clean up your mess. That's pretty inefficient. What about the fact that you were studying for this test on the job all day, you trash can? <laughs> that would have been funny if Olivia had thrown that back at him. That would have been pretty good. Hey, maybe you would have had more time if you hadn't been studying for a driver's exam at work, Grandpa. Yeah, interesting how you never actually seem to do anything here. You just delegate. Next big question, though. Do we have a new chip leader? Reminder, the defender is Delinda. She is on back-to-back, I believe. Tied for second, Monica and Danny. Mike in fourth, Mary fifth, Ed sixth, and Sam DFL. My argument, Delinda keeps the crown. I concur. She had a momentary freakout about the polyester, never actually ended up quitting, and more importantly, there was a lot of chaos around her. And she, like, she got some good jabs in along the way. Monica won the battle, lost the war. She's going to take a hit, I think, in my book. Losing Big Ed. Sure. Danny lost his girlfriend and his trust was violated. That, in my mind, is a hit. Did make seven figures, though. Yeah, that. but see, to me, that's just converting one asset into another type. He didn't actually make money that day. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, losing Penny is the big... Losing Penny's big and his trust was violated. He's going to be shook for a while. Yeah. And the new owners are probably going to sue him about the door knocker. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like there's going to be issues there. He's going to need Kathy to bail him out. Going to got to be some warranty problems there. Mike had the cake incident, but honestly, that's going to be forgotten in no time. There's bigger fish to fry. I think Mike's moving up the board. Yeah, Ed, Ed left. So yeah. fuck it. He's fine. Mary got a probably great new gig. Maybe. So I think she's moving up. Yeah. Ed lost his job because he lost his cool. He's moving down. And Sam watched brother fuck boss and then bail on her. So I've got Dalinda in the lead, then Mike, then Mary, then Monica, Danny, Ed, and Sam. Uh, okay. I, I apologize. I need some time to, to ponder this because that's a lot of movement. This is arguably the it's biggest. It's a lot to digest. This Cobb salad's got a lot of bacon on it. It's a big salad. This is arguably the biggest shakeup we've ever had at the table in one episode, aside from when we blew it to hell. <laughs> I agree that Delinda stays one. Do you agree that Sam stays seventh? I don't think I do. Wow. She had a bad app, bro. See, I don't know that she did. She was able to make both of the problems with her whales go away, even when all forces were working against her. She All it took got, was Ed bailing her out, who's now gone, and Monica making her dump her brother on her behalf. Which Sam wanted. But Sam, she never, she she did not get her, her toys back. It was, a, I'll take care of Herman's tickets this one time. I, That's again, what worries me. We're, I, I don't think we're allowed to look forward. With, you know, we've never, we've, we've, we've never gone that. And, and again, we're. No, 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 I'm not looking forward. I'm saying like, it wasn't, it's a difference between. Monica saying, if you do this thing for me, I will give you back carte blanche to do what you want with your host. It's just versus, you get this one. OK, that's that's I'll take care of Herman's tickets. That is a fair distinction. And you know what? I'll, I'll give you that. Actually, I'll, uh, I will. We can leave Sam there. I think, honestly, I would put Mary ahead of Mike. Mary, okay. Mary had a better episode than Mike because Mike still did fuck up. And while Ed may not be at the Montecito. You've still pissed off Ed DeLine, which not a place I would want to be for sure. Especially if he's going to have some free time on his hands. He might get creative and we, exacting his revenge. We have seen the, the level of imagination the man has. Now, here's my question, though. How, how much of that is predicated on whether or not Mary actually keeps her new gig? 
a decent bit. Actually, now that- actually, pretty much all of it, because the rest of the episode was not a great, like, obviously shit is bad at the house front, and when she tried to call the, her most trusted friend, she was ignored. She did get the big fuck you, I told you so moment, though. She did. Of, of all the people in Danny's orbit telling him not to do it, she was the most clarion. Indeed. So do you think Mary's keeping her gig or not? To me, the uncertainty is why she stays in three. Yeah. And with, with her, Ed her gone, big, her the kingmaker just kicked stones. Right. Yeah. Her her primary advocate is gone. So yeah, that makes sense. But but Mike did really fuck up a lot. And and I think we may be dropping Monica too far because Monica has been doing this power grab. And while again looking forward, losing Ed is probably bad. She thinks fuck you. I stood up and I won. She won the call. I don't know. I think I think if you look at at the scene at the bar at the end of the episode, she's visibly defeated. Like, I don't think she wanted it to come to this. I, I completely agree with that. But we knew there was a power struggle and this is a, a tap out. Yeah. So maybe Mary two, Monica three or Monica two, Mary three. I'd go Monica two, Mary three, Mike four. Then Danny, Ed and Sam. Yeah. I can behind that. That God, that's a that's a tough drop on Danny, but your point is well taken. That the others had better episodes, and it's that like we have seen his his romantic entanglements have not worked out for a lot of reasons. A lot of them being trust and ski. Yeah, you have to think this is going to linger. Yeah, that's that one's going to stay. And look, if he'd maybe pulled in two point three, <laughs> two point four on the cell of his home. Now we're talking, but if we reverted back to the 1.5, eh. Yeah, it's like a month ago, he would have been ecstatic at that. But once he then heard like how much more it could have been, now it's like, oh, fuck, that's it. Yeah. And now he's got this expensive apartment that's going to make him think about Penny every time he yeah, opens that he's also door. not going to get to have sex with Rachel E. Cooking anymore. It's a, it's a tough, uh, tough pill to swallow. Indeed. Importantly, though, for the third week in a row. Wow. Congratulations, Delinda. You remain our chip leader. And what a bizarre fucking list here. The fact that Danny, Ed, and Sam are right? bottom three. Are, it's, that's like blue blood co- uh, you know, college football programs having their coaches stolen away from them. That's crazy. It's like losing to Kansas at home. Who does that? It's like, it's like this entire season doesn't even count. Let's just start over. Uh, I'll I'll tell you how I feel about that next episode. <laughs> Did anybody do Vegas exceptionally well? Remember, we kicked off last week by inducting Bobby. Bobby! And the Doing Vegas Exceptionally Well Club. You got anybody for me this time? You know, Bobby was, was one race away, or one not getting broken up with away from doing well, but sadly, he, you know, it's that last leg. Always get you. You know who, who came to play, though? Who's that? Our dear old friend, Mr. Herman. Mr. Anderson. We've seen Mr. Herman, what, four or five times so far this show? Mostly up to his nipples and Tattinger. Yeah, he's been with us since the pilot, uh, a long-term pre-Montecito client of Sam's, and he's always just seconds away from leaving and gets whatever he wants. And here, once again, he's swearing off Las Vegas entirely, unless... Huh? Sam can hook him up with some Rihanna tickets. At some point, Sam's going to have to let him hear the, the branch creak, right? I mean, like, Mr. Herbert, you fucked with me now six times. Either shut up 
head over to Bellagio. We've at least seen that his numbers are up there, though. This is not some schmuck that lost 5K on the trip. True. Like he's he's worth the the shenanigans that must be dealt with. I would agree with that. What makes me excited, we've been getting a lot of big Herman. Any chance we get Big Willie? Well, just next time on Pod at the Montecito, everything old is you again. Danny visits an unusual antique fair. Yeah, I was trying to just power through because I knew it was coming. Danny visits an unusual antique fair where he becomes the focus of a mysterious flashback to the Jubilee Hotel and Casino circa 1962, where the everything is different and no one is who they seems. Now, Judson, <laughs> you may realize that I just said no one is who they seems. And think that's and also where the everything is different. Yes. You may think that's a weird way of, of saying that. But given that we are time traveling back in the day with some mafia shenanigans, I took this as a what do you do? See, where's the money? See, <laughs> I think this was an intentional choice by the back of the DVD box to say seems as opposed to seem uh, Judson. I, I strongly disagree. Uh, you think it was just a DVD box fuck up? Uh, I do, yes. Uh, that's fair. I, it just seemed like a fun bit. This might be my favorite episode of the show. It is a very good episode. It is definitely a top five. I confess I'm worried about how it's going to play 20 years later. I So we talked about how we both watched a little bit of the marathon over the holidays last year uh-huh. and then realized, oh shit, we probably shouldn't watch this because might get in our heads. But this was one of the times I turned it on and this episode was on. Held up great. It still fucking rules. Still slaps? Yeah, buddy. Okay. Because it is a good one. It's a real good one. Where does the fact that Samantha Jane is a scantily clad prostitute rank in your reasons why this episode is awesome? Very high. Number one? We'll we'll discuss next week. I don't think number one, but it's... Much like this episode in my ranking for the show, it's a guaranteed top five. I don't want to step on any potential advice toes for next week, but I'll say this. This is why I don't go antiquing, because I'm worried about weird time travel. I mean, that's, you know, that's fair. I've never been antiquing, so I've never really considered it as a possibility. Well, neither have I. I saw this episode and went, whoa, hey, I don't want to risk that. I mean, yeah, that's that's fair. It's smart. It's not apparently funny, but it's that was pretty good thing I said on the podcast. It's pretty good. In the meantime, thank you to everyone, both listeners and musicians alike for listening and not suing us respectively. Maybe there's a musician that also listens, in which case, thanks for both. It better not be you, Paul Anke, you son of a bitch. You delete this podcast right now. And if it's you, Elvis, let us know what's up, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Shout out. What's good, bud? I feel like you got some stories to share. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Anytime. In the meantime, those of you who can and have not yet, leave us a five-star review. Apple Podcasts is where we look every once in a while just to see if there's something funny there for us to read. We'll only read it if it's five stars, though. Come on. You got to like Monica. You got to do something for us if you want something in return. Come on, listener. Go out, go out there on Twitter. Feel free to engage with us at Montecito Pod. Use the hashtag Las Vegas for Peacock. That's with the number four. 2022 is our year, guys. We're going to get it on the goddamn Peacock. Got to get up on that cock. Uh, tell a friend about us. Tell Peacock about us. 
Just don't tell James LeSure about us. Believe He's not interested. Does not care. He'll he'll talk to you about minimum speed limits. He does not want to talk about this show. You can always reach out to us. Pod at the Montecito at gmail.com. Ed, which one's which? Letters, curlies. In that order. And until next time, happy holidays. Happy holidays. I've been Judd. He's been Ed. And this has been Pod at the Montecito. This is Kenny Posen was a felon the entire time. Love you.